This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Okay, it's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, where the Steelers playoffs are presented by FedEx and Ford right here in the locker room. And, of course, as we are awaiting uh, the great Tom Bradley, the coach, because I got I to gotta ask him, and I'm wondering, Max, can you learn something from just three weeks ago? Obviously, you can. And, obviously, it's a big thing, right? You got you to gotta know that, uh, you know what, um, let's see, that last game, I think they blitzed uh, Mahomes, what, six or seven times, and he beat the blitz all six or seven times for 75 yards and a TD. What, you know, you got to find out what your take is there. And we're going to ask the coach right now because Tom Bradley has just rolled in. Coach, how you doing? Well, I'm doing great, Wolf. I didn't roll in, but I'm here. What's up? <laughs> Good to hear you. Well, Max and I are always glad to have the, the, you as the coach and a former defensive coordinator and a former head coach. How much can you take away from the takeaway of three weeks ago when you lost 36-10 to 10 in Arrowhead? What, does, what do you say to your team, and what does that mean for you personally in designing a defense? Well, to me, I think it's just a, to me it's a great opportunity. You know, you've got a lot to learn from the last game. Things didn't go well. You can, your guys obviously got to be a little bit as you know, be a little bit upset about what happened three weeks ago. Right. So I think it's a good edge, a good metal edge. You guys have both played. You get it. You, you probably can't wait to play these guys again. You know, hey, they got us last time. This ought to be pretty good. You know, I think you got to learn from your mistakes. What happened? Go over them, see what they did, what you did well, what you didn't do well, talk about it. And, you know, I think the most important thing in this game for the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be get off to a good start because you don't want to get behind these guys because then it's playing catch-up is not the way you want to play with these guys. I think you want to be able to control the ball and keep the ball out of their hands. I mean, they, they obviously have a very, very potent uh, offense. Their defense Absolutely. is just, just Okay, Max, you know, it's just an all right defense. Max you know? just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> did he just roll in, Max? Did yeah. you just roll in? I just rolled out the bed. I just <laughs> I switched from the right side to the left side, Coach, uh, because I realized that the left side is my good side. Um, hey, can you guys but, have some pool? Hey, by the way, well, if you have some pool, can you get a hold of those guys and give TJ the sack record, please, okay? Oh, I know. Can you get it straightened out? Yeah. Max, you're out of bed now. Max, you can get straightened out. That's right. Yeah, I, 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 have, a, I, have, a, I have a couple of phone numbers in the Rolodex. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Grease a couple palms, uh, you know. But I think, you know, when you look at that, that that's, is it, but isn't that just amazing what TJ was able to accomplish, uh, you know, in fewer games than what Strahan did? And – and for them to be so nitpicky over, was it a sack? Was it not a sack? You know, it. it yeah, it's, it's, it's I thought it was me. petty. I thought it was a sack. Just you know, he deserves the record. He had just a great, great year. He did, and and nobody gave it to him. Like you know, we talked about this. Like Strahan, like Favre gave it to Strahan. Yes, right. He slid right in front of him and let him tap him, and they called that a sack back in the day. Whereas Tyler Huntley fumbled the ball in a passing motion, went to dive and recover it, and he was tapped down for a sack. It is what it should have been. It shouldn't have been a TFL. But I digress. When we're looking at, you know, the recency of it, do you think when you look at it, the defense 
has some different schematic things. Obviously, you're going to add a Travis Kelsey, which adds a whole different bag of worms, right? You're going to do some things schematically differently. But, you know, when you look at the personnel, how have they grown in your eyes, you know, from what you've seen from the defensive line to the linebacker? Because they've made some adjustments from, from, from earlier this year. And you get and you get a Chris Wormley back, right? You, you didn't have Chris Wormley. You didn't have Joe Hayden. And you get those guys back. What do they mean to this defense, and how can they, you know, how can it be a better outcome this time for them? Well, first of all, that's veteran experience right there. Those between those two guys, that's a lot of plays that, that they've been able to been through in their NFL career. Okay, I, I think that's the first thing. I think they'll have a little chip on their shoulder too. You guys know, you, when someone gets you the first time, you can't wait to play them again. Um, I just, I just think it's a totally different team. They scraped and they clawed. No one gave them a chance to get in the playoffs. They did it. Now they're there. Uh, everybody's talking that you know, oh, you know, the, the Kansas City's going to beat you. Boy, you know, you know, as a competitor, you can't wait to get on that plane and get out there and play. Okay, because that's what it's all about. When someone says, oh, they have no chance, you know, you look at the odds. It's oh, they're twelve and a half point underdogs. You know, I mean, come on, man, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're right now they're playing some of their best football that they've had all year right now at the perfect time. So I think this is going to be an exciting game on Sunday night. You know, I would concur with you, Coach. I I just wonder, you know, you got a situation where you add, as Max talked about, you're adding a Kelsey back, which when you add a Tyreek Hill to a Travis Kelsey, you got some real issues there as far as these guys being able to stretch the, uh, you know, the the secondary. Because one with the speed, the other one with the size and the great catchability and run and everything. Uh, How do you go about trying to stay on top of Tyreek Hill when underneath you got Travis Kelsey doing some operational stuff across the middle well they're going to you know they're going to keep mixing it up constantly one of the greatest things ever against that type of stuff is pass rush okay right so you know right. and you watch the pass rush we've seen it happen we've seen tj do that all year you watch cam get his hands up you get the tip passes the tips and overthrows you got to have those too so there's gonna be a lot of different things going but one of the best things to do to stop that is control the football get the running game going keep their offense sitting on the bench that helps a lot of all that other stuff when you're, you know, you're controlling the football. And, you know, it's not like, you know, you're, you, you go through and you're looking at these guys and you're saying, hey, you know, they're, they're 27th in the league in, in total yards against per game. You know what I mean? Right. So this, this is an opportunity for you. I think that should, the plan should be, hey, let's, let's start fast. Let's run that football. They're, you know, I think this is something that could really, you know, let that offense, let their offense sit and watch. Absolutely. That that was something I was actually going to talk about. This this Kansas City Chiefs team is not a huge sacking team, and like you said, you know they, they, they're they're not a great they're not great against the rush as well. Uh, you know, how, if you're looking at the Chiefs' defense, where do you see some of their deficiencies or something that the Steelers can exploit outside of just just saying run the ball because they tried that and we got one big play, but we 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 were still under 100 yards rushing. What do you see as one of their weaker positions? Well, first off, you know, you got behind, what was it, 23 nothing in the last yes. game or something. So it changed the yeah. whole tempo of what, how your play coin went. But you make a good point, you know, Max, they're, they're 21st in the league in, in rushing yards per game, okay? They're 28th in sacks. I think you take advantage of that and run the football. You know, Najee keeps getting better and better. The offensive line's getting better. There's a lot of different things you can do. And if just control the football and let that let their offense sit and watch. And that, that would be that would be doing a pretty good job. 
because they they're going to have to, uh, you know, I think that's going to be the key for me is the time of possession with that football. Obviously that, yes, absolutely. And one of the things I, I look at this three weeks ago, Najee ran for what, 93 yards or something on him, okay? So it's not yeah, like they can't put some yardage on him if they don't get an interception early on. If they take, you know, if you had that Akella Witherspoon interception, there's a lot of things that could have altered the course of events three weeks ago. One of them is, and as a defensive coordinator, is there a difference or what what goes through your mind when you see a Zach Banner rollout in a jumbo formation and you've got a, a, a potentially potent running attack with Najee? I mean, defensively, what does that do to you? And let me throw in, too, when you go multiple tight end sets, what does that do to a defense? Well, first of all, it keeps you keeps your base on the field. You know, you've got to get big. They're big. You're going to have to get big, too. So it changes the whole way you, you think about playing a game. Once again, though, you're able to do that if you're not behind, okay? If you're behind, you can't right. do that stuff, okay? you got to get ahead. And that's why I think the fast start is very important in this game uh, to get going, get the offense, get going, and hold that football and make, you know, make them get nervous and keep this to be a close game because they do have – some tremendous weapons, but uh, I just think the Steelers are peaking at the right time. I, just the way they're playing right now, they're they're hungry. Uh, they're going out there with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, everything, to, and nothing to lose. They're going to go out there and let it all hang out. Should be fun. I want to ask one more question, Max. If you don't mind, let me jump in here, yeah, brother. Go ahead. But you know, the the Chiefs statistically are having problems covering tight ends. Okay, that's okay. We get that. But last week, you've got between the six twelve and the Muth, meaning you know Pat Fryermuth and and Zach Gentry. You had ten catches for ninety two yards. To me, that seems like an area that you can really exploit because you can get that ball out fairly quick. And those are two wide catch radius bodies exactly I, I believe the point you made there wolf is, is is very important because those guys the tight ends will play a huge part in this football game uh like you just keep control the ball you know get those six seven eight yard throws get them in those guys are doing a great job uh, you know pat's having a tremendous year obviously an outstanding receiver one of the better tight ends in the, in the national football league with catching the ball so they're a guy that will become very important in this game much like what we've been talking about, Travis Kelsey coming back too. So I look for the tight ends to be a big part in this football game. All right, Coach Bradley, quick question for you to follow up before we go to break. Okay, now, now give give me your best case scenario. If you're look, yeah, if we're if we're looking at, you know, three uh, three potential guys that you'd have to go up against: lean brisket, chop brisket, or burnt ends. Which one are you attacking first? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good question, Max. Bird in the hand, I guess you know. But uh, uh, Wolf will figure it out. I mean, he'll. He, he's, this is a late game for him. He's not. Late games are tough on 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 on, <laughs> on Fred uh, because they all day the the, the the eating and then the eating at the game and then the post game eating. So it's it's. Don't look for the scale to be uh, uh, friendly to him. <laughs> the scale is never favorable to me. Absolutely. But, you know, we got a couple more minutes here, Coach, because we, we dumped okay, some we stuff. Did. We wanted you to stay on because of the fact I still wanted to press. If you've got that that 
combination of those two tight ends that the Steelers have, and as you were talking about, one of the things I notice is that when they run them to one side, you can run a seam route and a crossing route off of that. And that, you talked to me one time, you said, it's all about putting certain players in conflict. Explain that. Well, you know, you want to put you want to put your players where there's a high-low in front of them, uh, you know, especially on equal down and distance time where by that I mean you know it's 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 not a you know you can play high low differently depending if it's long yardage but if it's regular yardage or short yardage you kind of put him in conflict there you always want to try to put the defensive player in conflict where he's not sure hey I'm, you know the quarterback is eyeballing he's looking in there he's got two guys right in that same radius um, and he's got to make a decision which way to go I mean I think that that's one of the things that these tight ends I, I really think that the tight ends on both teams will be the key to this football game. Mm. Yeah, and, and here, here's something I was I was looking at, and you know I w- kind of want to get your take. You know, w- when you're usually sitting in, you know, like a cover three or you know more of a more of a, a zone type coverage, how what's the conflict that 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 kind of uh, trio bunch put puts you in when you have three to the right, right, with the tight end at the point, yeah, um, and the yep. receivers behind. What, what what's the conflict there for the defensive, uh, you know, secondary, and then how do you communicate off of that when you have those? Because I know that's something that the Pats like motioning into and out of to create that kind of layered where you kind of have a guy running running the lead, almost like you can't say pick, but almost like a rub or a blocking type route, you know, especially for the inside receiver, right? You can't say pick, right? But uh. But, I mean, how do you get around that? What what is what is the teaching tool for that one? Because I know that's something that the Steelers you know struggle with, and I know that's that's something the Chiefs really like to do. Well, I think one of the things you always going to put people in horizontal or vertical conflict in the pass game. That's be the when I mean, you get into those bunch routes or and different things like that. There's a whole bunch of stuff that can happen. If you want to play your fire zones, the biggest, most important thing will always be communications because great defenses are, are constantly communicating. So there's a lot of variables that come into when you get into the bunch situations or the you know the trio trips, whatever you want to call them over there. It, it can cause a, a lot of different in your zones, um, you know, h- how they're going to attack you from, from that, whether it's a man beater, a zone beater, uh, they can adjust their routes. It's, it's a whole bunch of things. But to me, to defeat a lot of that is just you have to have great communication. You know, Coach, one of the things I wanted to ask you was the Mahomes ad lib. It's kind of the hidden vigorish in this whole offense. I mean, the one thing we saw when he ran, you know, he literally looked like he was doing the curly shuffle from the three, you know, three stooges. He ran in a circle in the pocket, and then he threw a touchdown pass. He literally had, I would say, six, seven seconds with the ball. The importance of rush lanes and maintaining – your rush lane discipline. I think that's going to be big when you talk about cutting down on his ability to ad lib. Am I right? No question. You know, just and that's a great point, Wolf. You brought up because he's average. He's averaging five point eight a run. Okay, uh, he's right. actually you know the leading rusher that has you know more than you know fifty carries. He's the guy that he's he's got he's got great vision. He's going to extend plays. Uh, to me, just turn TJ loose and everybody cover for TJ. Okay, <laughs> make him right. <laughs> let him go. You know, don't don't let him be. Let him just go and do his thing, and everybody make him right. Okay, because uh, that would be some, some uh, your best pass rush in that. But the other thing is too, as you say, keep him in the pocket. Don't let him extend plays because I think that's when he becomes the most dangerous, and that's what he likes to do too. Even since college, you know, he's been doing it the same way. 
Now, the one thing I would add to that, and I wonder, because I, to me, the th- the three keys for this are going to be: you got to disguise, you got to surprise, and you got to mangleize. You know what I mean? So at some point, you got to come up with it's, something. It's mangleize a word is mangleize a word. <laughs> it is. It is. We 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 did we did call we we called uh, Manuel Webster, not Miriam Webster. Uh, <laughs> classification and he uh, he concurred it's, it's, it's what happened the last time max and i were in kansas city with some ribs and some burnt ends we mangalized it let me tell you something we did absolutely and those pit, and those pit beans those oh, pit beans were good they were very surprised. good very nice before we let you go coach talk to me a little bit about the fact that if there's something that you can pull out do you keep something in your hip pocket for just such an emergency, some sort of case, because, I mean, the Steelers, they blitzed him last time like seven times, and he beat the blitz seven times. Uh, what do you do about that? Don't blitz, yeah, I don't right? Think ever, I, think, I think they're going to keep doing what they do. There'll be some mix-up. They'll go three-man for there Any steady diet of anything isn't what you want. They'll figure it out. It's the NFL. You, you've got to mix it up. Coach Butler will do a great job, and Mike and Terrell and – and uh, Carl, man, they're going to get it going. And Jerry O, that's a good defensive staff. They'll figure this thing out. I really, I really think that one of the great things, and I've said it, just control the ball, keep that offense off the field, is going to be the best way to win this football game. Real quick before we go to break, I, questions keep popping up in my gourd when I'm talking to you. But if you were, if you were running the offense, would you think about going a little more extra? You know multiple tight ends, a jumbo or something early on to try to set the pace, try to roll some first downs, slow the game down in essence for a little bit? Yeah, I think I would because I think that's going to give you opportunity to keep that that offense off the field. Don't get frustrated if they're not on the field and and moving the ball. That frustrates a good offense when they're standing there watching. So I look for the, the Steelers to come out, multiple tight end sets, as you said, moving around big guys' bunches, a lot of different things, uh, because and they'll spread it out too. They're, they've got some great wideouts. Uh, be a big game for you know, look for a big game from Najee, um, and I, and I think he'll have. If he gets over a hundred and some. I think then it's gonna they'll be in business. Beautiful, Tom Love Bradley. Thank it. you so much. Appreciate you. Thanks, Coach. We do. Hey, Wolf. I want that Wolf. I want that weight on Monday. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we might have to put the old thumb on the table next to the scale, you know, as you're standing on it. Remember how that was done? Yes. Victory Mondays. Yes. Victory Mondays. There is no way scale. There is no way scale. There's Victory Mondays. <laughs> That's true. Coach, thank and you, you for your time. Trip out there, okay? Thank have you, brother. Trip. Appreciate Thanks, you coach. so much. And, of course, that's the coach, Tom Bradley. So happy he comes into the locker room. And the Steelers playoffs are presented by FedEx and Ford. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers playoffs are presented by FedEx and Ford. And we have now coming into the locker room the cool breeze himself. And Jerry Dulek is brought to you by Chepka's Cafe 2 on the south side. Check out all the NFL action on one of their 20 TVs. Indoor-outdoor patios available for parties. Grab an ice-cold bucket of Coors Light. Do how are you doing, my good friend? 
Wolf, good morning to you. Uh, I am fine, and uh, I hope you are as well. Definitely am fine. Max has been chowing down in between. You know, I'm so jealous because Max got he's he's in his home studio, which is by you know where you can get some good grub because you, you got your wife, you got the kitchen, you got things going on there. I'm stuck at the studios, so I'm like totally bummed because he's he's getting all the good yeah. grub. Oh, kitchen yeah, cafe is always open. <laughs> yeah, you're. His, his studio happens to be right next to the kitchen, I'm sure, so it works out perfectly for him. Good morning, Max. Good morning, Jerry, and it's called strategic planning. That's all it is. It's just strategic planning. <laughs> That's exactly right. Jerry, was there any word from the coordinators today? Well, Wolf, uh, all I can tell you, and I wasn't there because, you know, during with these uh, restricted protocols, right. you're only allowed one person per outlet, and I was there the last two days. So in the interest of fairness, uh, I let my other two colleagues have a day down there, and one takes Thursday and one takes Friday. So I am prevented from, uh, but from this being I there. Know. You always which, have your pulse on it, though. You always got your finger in the pulse. That's exactly right, Wolf. And uh, so even though I'm not there, uh, I usually try to find something out. But I will tell you the highlight of Keith Butler's uh, uh, a little gathering with the media Whereas when somebody asked him at the beginning, how you feeling, coach? Because, you know, he had to miss the Baltimore game after testing positive. He came back to work, though, on uh, Monday. And um, first thing he did was pretend to cough on him, even though, hey, every, they're outside. <laughs> and, and everybody said back, he gives it the, <coughs> you know, but he's, he's good. And, uh, you know, Butts is always, uh, you know, of those, of those sessions, Butch is always the star, no question. No question about it. Jerry, there's just a lot of things that the Steelers have to deal with in coming back. But, you know, I look at it for a lot of people that are naysayers. I always go back to, like, 89, you know, when the Cleveland Browns beat us 51 to nothing. But four, three, four weeks later, we beat them in Cleveland and beat them good. And, you know, the possibility that the, the naysayers that seem to be out there who just want to discount and discredit any attempt by the Steelers to go into Arrowhead and, and secure a victory. To me, that's not just bogus, man, because we've seen it. And all you got to do is look at Jacksonville with the, the Colts coming in. I know that it, uh, the Chiefs aren't, you know, Jacksonville or the Colts, but the fact is you always got a chance. Well, there's no question about it, and we've seen it uh, over a number of years. Uh, and – We've seen it this year. You mentioned Jacksonville. Uh, they, they beat Buffalo earlier this year 9-6. to six. Now, oh, yeah. first of all, holding the Bills to 6 is one thing, and Jacksonville beating them 9-6. to six. And then Jacksonville absolutely hammers the Colts in the last game when the Colts need to win to get into the postseason. We saw the Steelers playoff elimination each of the last two weeks, squeak by but, but get in. Uh, and we saw that near wacky ending. The, the odds of that final game ending in a tie were so infinitesimal that it was almost impossible for it to happen, and yet it almost happened. And so it's just been a strange, wacky year, and there's nothing to say it won't continue. You mentioned 89. As you know, the club went down to Houston in a game where they had lost, I believe, to the Oilers twice that year, well, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And they go down there and win. Look at uh, 1984. They go to Denver in a divisional playoff game when everybody around the league is just expecting and anticipating the John Elway, Dan Marino matchup, the marquee matchup in the AFC championship game. 
I think the Broncos were seeded one or two then. I can't remember which. And the Steelers went in, and they, and they beat the Broncos at, at mile high. And even 2005. Now, it's a different football team. And we even heard Ben say that, um, uh, you know, yesterday. That team had some Hall of Famers on. That was a good football team. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl. But they went into Indy in, uh, in a divisional round game after beating the Bengals. And they had, they had been uh, beaten earlier in the season by the Colts. You remember Peyton Manning threw that touchdown on the first play of the game to Marvin Harrison over top of uh, uh, Ike Taylor for 80 yards. Mm. And then they won. I think the score was like 21-18. But the Steelers went back there. And the Colts were 14-2, and the number one seed. They had won 13 in a row. Um, and the Steelers went in and beat them. First play of the game, Heath Miller down the left sideline for 37 yards. And that just started it from there. And yeah, we know what happened at the end, Ben having to make that tackle on Nick Harper. But they went in and they beat the Colts when nobody thought they would beat the mighty Colts that year either. So we've seen it happen. Am I going to sit here and predict that it's going to happen? No. Should it happen? No. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Yes, Jerry. Thank you for, for, for letting us know that. And you also hit both of our histories. So we appreciate <laughs> That's exactly that. That's right. That's why this he is a great hilarious. history lesson. Yes. You were there in 05, Max. You know what it was all about. Oh, absolutely. And that, and that's where I think, you know, you know, cuz we had we had a comment from Nick Wright, one of the talking heads on on FS1 talking about this was better than a bye week having the Steelers. And I say, you know, not so fast because there is a press there's precedence that that have already been set up to this point for you not to talk loose about this or take anything for granted because we've seen teams take it for granted before. Uh, we've seen people buy into the press clippings or read just numbers, and Wolf says it all the time, you can't measure that thing beating in your chest. There's no quantifiable right. number you can put for that. And, I w- and I'll also say this, uh, I think we have a couple of Hall of Famers to be on this squad as well. Um, you know, if we're looking at trends, some guys are trending closer to that than not um, that we have on this roster. So that's where I think it's not impossible. And I think that's kind of where we get, you know, some people get lost in this because they feel like the Steelers don't deserve to be here. But we've always been that team in the past that we, we, we're, we're going to find a way. If we find a way in, you need to be on your screws because you do have experience on your side. You do have some great players that are still on this roster and we're littered through defensively, and all it takes is for somebody to step up in the right moment to create a new name for themselves because all the, all the records do is slot you for this. Once you get into the race, once, you're in, once you get in those standing gates, right, bef- right before they're about to open up for the race, you don't know who's going to win because everybody's equal at that point. Um, when you look at the game last time, and some of the lessons you could take into this time. I mean, what are some of the things that you saw? Because I felt like there's a couple of moments that just shifted everything early in that game. And now that they've had that experience, I don't see it, you know, repeating itself, so to speak. Um, What do you think when you look at it, this second go around, um, you know, as far as the little things that they could clean up? Yeah, I I think, uh, I think, uh, Max, it will be. It's going to happen. It's going to have to happen early in the game. Somewhat to your point, uh, you look at the Steelers. Uh, you know the Chiefs deferred. They kicked off to the Steelers. Second play of the game, uh, Ben throws 18-yard pass to Deontay Johnson. First down. 
and then three plays and out. They failed to convert to third down. They punt. The Chiefs go on a 12- or 14-play drive. I think Patrick Mahomes converted three third downs on that drive. They go up 7 nothing, And then, of course, the Steelers turned the ball over three times to the Chiefs, and they converted into 17 points, two touchdowns and a field goal. Um, whereas the week before, Tennessee turned the ball over four times to the Steelers inside their own 41, and the Steelers could only convert it into four field goals. Now, fortunately, they converted them into field goals, but that was based on where they were given the ball uh, you know, with, with a short field. I believe the total number of yards gained for those four series, Max and, and Wolf, was somewhere like 58 to 62 yards. It wasn't 63 yards. It wasn't, a, obviously, any offensive production when they were given turnovers. So I think early in the game, um, if they can get off the field early and they can convert a third down, um, you know, sounds easy to say, doesn't mean it's going to happen, and that doesn't mean that's the formula. But that's where it changed to me right off the bat in that game. And then, of course, the Chiefs with their ability to score, um, you know, you don't want to get behind them. Steelers aren't going to win this game 34-31. If the Steelers win this game, it's going to be 23 uh, 20-19, 20-19, something like that. That means that their defense came up with some big plays. That means the Chiefs probably turned the ball over. That means there were some mistakes in special teams. That's the way they're going to have to win this game, just like they've won all these others, ugly. But if they're not going to get into a shootout and win all of a sudden because that's not their, that's not their M.O. So what you're saying is don't throw a flea flicker first play of the second drive. <laughs> that, <laughs> that too. That, yes. Uh, that, you know, that, that's what I heard in all of those words. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yesterday, Ben's talking about playing carefree and going out and having fun. Look, there, you know, you know what he was doing. He's blowing smoke at the Chiefs. Right. You know, we don't have a chance. We're not that good. I mean, it, it reality is they're not a great football team. Let's face it, what we've seen the last seven or eight weeks. But they are in the postseason, and they got there on merit because they won three of their last four, and the last two were playoff elimination games. So they found their way in. And, and um, the, they're gonna, ben, you know, and Ben's trying to take some of the edge off the young guys, too, who might be – and there's plenty of them who might be feeling the pressure. But it's also a different situation. The last two times the Steelers were in a postseason, they're at home. They were expected to win in 17. You know, they had to buy. And this is different. You know, they're going on the road. They, they, they you know, they, they kind of crawled into the playoffs. And it's just a different feeling. There's no pressure on them to win and uh, no expectation on them to win. And I think that gives you a little bit of a different eh, mindset, attitude, vibe, whatever the case may be. You know, that's an interesting point that you make, Jerry, and I think I would agree with you. And what it does is it installs in you a firmness and a desire to go into and invade a opposition stadium that you know is it's almost overwhelming, the sound when you get down there. I mean, it's that loud. And to know that you're going in there and you're only accompanied with the guys that are on the team, that these are all like-minded individuals where you're going into seclusion the last 24 hours before the game. It's special, and the adrenaline and the heartbeats just run high and run, and run hot. And I just think that it's a nice 
stage to be able to go and do what everybody says you can't do because the one thing I can say about this Steelers franchise, which I, I, my, our, our dear brother Tunchill can always said, you know, if the, it, the Steelers are best when their back is against the wall, when there's a chip on their shoulder, when people are putting them down and saying, just like uh, the guy from FS1, that it's, it's, only, it's better than a bye week. Look, you know, this is a nice stage to be able to go out and just let it rip. Yeah, Wolf, you know, I agree with you. First of all, I think that guy's just saying that for shock value. I mean, that's totally preposterous. Um, but I, I'm with you. You guys have seen it over the years, their ability to go into places where people don't expect them to win right. on the road and do it. We've seen it time and time again. Am I predicting a victory? No. Would I be shocked if it were 36-10 again? No. Would I be shocked if the Steelers won? No, because we see it all the time. We've seen it all year. It's just been a strange year. And I learned a long time ago that nothing surprises me. And so if they went in there and won with mistakes or whatever the case may be on the part of the Chiefs, um, we see it all the time. Seattle went into the playoffs a couple of years ago at 7-9. and nine, And I can't remember where they – I think they went into Minnesota, which was heavily favored. And, if, and, they, and they were 7-9, and nine and they beat the Vikings. And mm. that kind of stuff happens. I'm not going to say all the time, but it happens enough that yes. you see that to think that it can happen is foolish. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you for coming in for Max and I appreciate you. Cool breeze. Thanks so much. All, all right, boys. And uh, Max, enjoy that food while you're uh, on the air, Max. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll do. I will continue. And Jerry, there you go. You're making, <laughs> you're making wolf envious by the way, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. You better believe it, brother. All right, Jerry. Hey, boys. See you, buddy. Jerry's brought to you by Chupka's Cafe, too, on the south side. Check out all the NFL action on one of their 20 TVs, indoor, outdoor patio available for parties. Grab an ice-cold bucket of Coors Light. And the Steelers playoffs are presented by FedEx and Ford. We'll be back with more after this. Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers are presented by FedEx and Ford. You're in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. You know, the interesting thing coming up for me is, you know, Byron Pringle was big in the last game three weeks ago. He had more catches and everything. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was uh, just ended up with a couple. He injured his heel in the warm-ups versus the Broncos last week, and he only played about 16% of the snaps. But in his absence, McCole Hardman had his first 100-yard game. Now, we're talking about a guy with over 100 catches, over 1,200 yards, 9 TDs, and Tyreek Hill. But it's the thing that he does best, and that is the speed. 4-2-9. The fastest next-gen speed recorded with a ball in the player's hands was back in 2016, and that was a 27-yard kickoff return. He hit 23.24 miles per hour, the fastest speed ever recorded by Next Gen. That's really that's amazing, Max. That is just amazing. Um, that 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 is also why we're also retired, Wolf. Uh, <laughs> when you're running at those type of speeds, uh, faster than I can pedal my bike, then we've got problems. Uh, right. I mean. I mean, that, that, unless it's downhill. Unless it's downhill, of course, I can get a little bit more, you know, action. But, I mean, that's, that's just phenomenal. And, and this is what I love about next-gen stats, <clears throat> that we get these type of stats, right? That we get this type of tangible data that we can talk about 
when guys are driving faster than p- pushing a car downhill. Right. <laughs> you, you know, and, and that they can generate such speeds um, on the football field. You're like, how do you catch these guys going 20-plus miles an hour? If I turn a treadmill on right now and put it at some of those speeds, yes. I'm just looking at it. I'm throwing stuff on it to see how fast it shoots backwards, right? I'm not getting on there and turning my feet over at that speed. No, that would be a face plant for sure. You know, I mean, one of those yeah. awkward moments in life. <laughs> yeah. So so I, here, here's a funny moment. I'll never forget this. I'm at a convention with my mom. I'm about mm, 13. Uh I'm down. I'm down in the weight room. I'm okay. like, you know what? I'm gonna see how fast this treadmill goes. Right, oh, old no. belt fed can, style. This is already not gonna end well. Exactly. I've I, I've got I, I've got my little my little uh, short set outfit. It's matching. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> so I think I think I think it was like University of Miami or something. Mm-hmm. I think if I if I remember, it's like orange and green. Um, and I remember trying to you know i can run this fast i know i can so i'm holding on to the bar at the front and i'm sitting on either side of it and then i try and jump on to get my feet going as soon as my foot hit my hand slipped off the handlebar i did a front roll hit the corner of the treadmill split my knee open oh, no. uh, and i got this guy and I, i'm looking around in this way it's just me in the weight room this is why you don't let kids in the weight room by themselves right <laughs> You know, those hotels, that's why it says, you know, children under the age of 13, you know, must be supervised by an adult. So I find one of the workout towels, I put it on my knee, and I'm, like, limping back to my room. And and I'm like, Mom! She's like, what? I hurt my knee. She's like, how did you hurt your knee? And I I opened it. She's like, oh, my God, what happened? (laughs) I tried to run the treadmill at 13 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't go well. It did not work at all. I, I, I flew off at 13 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Just shot back and wham. There you go. Oh, man. Oh, busted my knee up. So, yeah. So, when I hear those, I'm just, I'm just amazed at the human body can produce such speeds naturally, right? I mean, you watch like a Usain Bolt. You know, we, we expect it in the Olympics, right? Right. These Correct. guys are trained to do that. Like linear speed. I want to get from here to there faster than you and i'm going to turn my body over i'm going to engineer my body to do it this these guys are doing it with pads not fresh somebody's trying to hit you not just race you they're not trying to beat you to the goal line they're trying to hit and harm you and you still manage to produce that that that's just that's just amazing and you got to carry a ball in your hands i mean you know seriously you got to protect it you got to make sure you secure it all those things keeping it tight next to your body i couldn't run a 42940 if i fell off the edge of the grand canyon <laughs> you you, you exactly. clocked me all the way down and it still wouldn't have been there's no 40 yard thing that i would i would have hit that fast i mean that's to me that's amazing it's a way that when you when you talk, refer to Tyreek Hill as the cheetah you understand because he has that explosive acceleration if you've ever watched him, you know that it can. If you are not on your p's and q's with this guy, if you're not bracketing him at some point in time where you've got somebody over the top and somebody who's, you know, kind of meandering along with him on the side and uh, or underneath, my goodness, you you've got issues. You're going to have problems. This guy is a game wrecker and a game breaker. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you if if you're if you if you're step for step with him, you're already behind. Yeah. Yeah, because he I mean, ain't that, at top end. Yeah, no, he's not at top end, and you are. <laughs> <laughs> Very true on that one. 
No yes, question you must about meet, it. You must meet him as ball hits hands, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, because after that, if there's any space, that space that space is gone. Exactly. So, I mean, Max, you've got to get hands on this guy. You've got to be able to redirect yeah. him as much as possible. You know, even if it's, uh, I don't know, even if you got a little bit of a jersey tug and stuff here and there, it's, it's very jamming. difficult. It's called jamming. Jamming, yes. It's you also jam. it's also good on toast. Also yes. good on toast. I like but that. But you've got to you've got to jam at the line of scrimmage. You've got to divert. You have five yards. I need you to use four point nine nine of it. <laughs> need you to use four point nine nine of those five allotted yards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to, put ha- to put hands on said cheetah because yeah. the other thing is he's a smaller dude. So therefore, if you're a bigger dude. Therefore, you got to put stone hands on him. Big time stone. You got to put stone yeah. hands. Just disrupt, disrupt the timing because we know what Patrick Mahomes can do, and we saw it. Right? We talked. We've talked about it. The off-platform throws. Patrick Mahomes does not have a signature windup. His signature is is that he does not have a signature. Yeah, that's he true. Can, I mean, he can, he can flick it like this, Wolf. I mean, yep. from front to back, just a little bit forward. He is honestly, he has the mechanics of some of your best baseball players. Right. Um, right. When, when you're talking about his skill set and where he could throw, he could throw from behind his body, coming across. He could side arm sling it. He could e- he could even switch hands and throw it. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I mean, underneath, that? behind the back. I'm like, who does that? Nobody. Only Patrick Mahomes. And that so that's why you must divert these tight ends and wide receivers from anything that they're used to, they're comfortable with. Running backs is going to look more traditional because it's usually more swing patterns for them, right? Or or type of screen setups. So it's gonna be a traditional delivery. But everybody else on the field, fair game. Fair game. And they've had to catch those, you know, crazy passes over the years. So they're used to it. But as a defense, you have to be prepared for all variables. You can't expect him to just throw a pass that's going to lead to him. You know, these guys can run a stop and and, and, and and divert back in the opposite direction. So it's something you got to be on your P's and Q's. So disrupt the timing is going to be your best bet and apply pressure. There's no question in my mind. I think about it. You know, and I think Tom Bradley spoke the truth. Look, yeah, they blitzed him seven times. He beat him seven times for 75 yards or six times, whatever it was. But you know what? You still have to mix it in. You can't just arbitrarily say we're going to go with four, rush four, and, and drop seven. Uh, that's that's too easy. That's going to be way too easy for him. You're going to have to go with five and six-man rushes at some point in time uh, to try to disrupt things, and, and hopefully you're able to you know redirect Tyreek Hill. Acknowledgement versus deference, right? Acknowledge that he can do it, but you're not going to defer because he does do it. You know what I'm saying? You have to go out there and prove that, hey, listen, nine times out of ten is not going to work, but I'm searching for that one. That's all I need is one, right? <laughs> one you know, it is. That one hit, that one sack, that one tip pass that could change the fortunes for your team. That's what you're that, that's why you do it. You do it for that for that what if type of opportunity. No question about it. Well, Max, another great show, buddy. Great time. We got the ninjas yes. going. We got CJ, which is Craig Jr. That's my mini me. Uh, he was here yeah. today helping the old man out in the studio. 
So we got a lot of good stuff going on. We're going to turn around and do it all again tomorrow morning. That's right. One last show before we take this thing on the road, bud. <laughs> we got to get it right. Got to get it right this yeah. time. All right. For for myself, Max Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room where Steelers Nation comes together, remember the Steelers playoffs are presented by FedEx and Ford. We thank you for your time. Appreciate you. We checked in, and we're going to do this again tomorrow. See you, Max. See ya.